resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Soul in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live in the big land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life eternal. Free from every imperfection, youthful and happy I shall be. Lost in victory. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed, never stand. There'll be no more sorrow. No, no more pain. There'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of my likeness. Ready to live. I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Graves, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With reading, no understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning and good evening, wherever you may be. I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and welcome to the Passion for Christ show. I just want to tell you that. I'm a follower of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see, in Him and Him alone, I find peace, joy, happiness. I'm forgiven of my sins. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here, folks, is very simple. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study section, we're going to be asking the question, who do you focus on? Who do you focus on? But before we get to that study, we got a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Get this, folks. Get this. Six out of ten Americans disagree with the statement that human life is sacred, according to a new study. Barner Group surveyed about 2,000 people and asked about feelings on human life. Sacred was defined as having unconditional intrinsic worth. 
Of the 2,000 people, only 39% said they agreed with the claim that human life is sacred. Of those who said they were evangelical or born-again Christians, 60% agreed with the statement. Of those who identified as Pentecostals, that number was 46% and 43% of Roman Catholics. George Barner, of the founder of Barner Group, said a movement to defund police departments might make sense if people are innately good. People with a humanistic worldview argue that crime and violence happen because of poverty, bad parenting, systematic discrimination, and other external forces. Yet crime statistics, political tensions, tendencies toward anger and hatred, and America's immoral or moral deterioration and confusion suggests that we are neither innately good nor that emotional responses to empirical challenges will solve our problems. The underlining issues are ill-formed character and broken moral compass. Get that, folks. Get that. Six out of ten Americans disagree with the statement that human life is sacred. Mm-mm-mm, folks. Mm-mm-mm. Well, get this. This is a very, very interesting story that I came across. A white Black Lives Matter protester argued with both black and white police officers in Washington, D.C. last week. A black police officer told a white Black Lives Matter protester that America has a sin problem after the activist said at least one of the officers was racist. The unnamed protester told one of the white police officers that it didn't matter if he had a black wife. That doesn't mean that you're not racist, sir, just because you have a black friend or a black wife. You can still be racist. It has nothing to do with your acquaintances. She also said she didn't believe that the white officer was married to a black woman. Finally, the officer told the woman that the problem isn't racism, but sin. America has a sin problem, said the officer. Seconds later, referencing John 14, 6, the world has a sin problem. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. America and the world has a sin problem. You understand me? That's where racism, injustice, hate, anger, violence come from. It's not about racism. There you go, folks. There you go. Get that. A black police officer tells a white black lives matter protester that America has a sin problem. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Get that. Well, get this. This is stunning. Get this. An Atlanta teenager wanted to make a difference in his community, so he raised $160,000 to help black-owned businesses that were damaged during recent protests. 17-year-old C.J. Pearson, president of Last Hope USA, dedicated to educating Americans about civics, used his extensive online influence to raise 
the money. He said he wanted to show that black lives matter by supporting these black-owned businesses that were adversely impacted by these recent events, and not intentionally so, but let's go and help them out. He delivered a check of $10,000 to Wilburn Sisters Designs, who said that she was excited and truly grateful for the gift. Pearson also explained the motivation behind his project by saying, I got to tell you, burning down in Wendy's or any establishment didn't do anything for my black life. So what I wanted to do is show that conservatives can't come together and we can actually help people of color. There you go, folks. There you go. Isn't that awesome? Atlanta Teen raises over $160,000 to help black-owned businesses destroyed during riots. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now this day in church history. In 1786... 26-year-old James Upton is ordained as pastor of the Baptist Church in Greenwalk, London, which has only 12 members. 14 years later, it will have grown to 290. Upton will also write hymns. In 1870, death of Cyrus Kingsbury, a Presbyterian missionary to the Choctaw Indians. He also raised money to free African-American slaves. In 1944, death of James Moffat, who had made a new translation of the New Testament and taught church history. And finally, on this day in church history, 1978, the Moscow Seven Siberian believers take refuge at the United States Embassy in Moscow. And that's this day in church history. And now we have a little bit of fun and name that Bible character. Here is your clue. My mother bought me a new robe every year when I worked in the temple. What is my name? Here's your clue one more time. My mother bought me a new robe every year when I worked in the temple. What is my name? We'll reveal the answer to this following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks. For that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Now we'll have our study time now and our show. It's entitled, Who Do You Focus On? In Mark chapter 4. We've studied this before. But this is dealing with some things that helps us across the board with so many elements of our life things that we face, trials that we have. Let me ask you this question. What do you do? How do you act when the unexpected happens? Because as you know, friend, 
you just never know about what life is going to bring to you, what's going to happen at any given moment. I'll give you an example of that. When my wife and I were still living in Atlanta, Georgia, we were, we were coming back from Savannah, Georgia, and uh, our gas gauge wasn't working. And next thing you know, I'm running out of gas just on the other side of Atlanta. And you talk about unexpected, you talk about a feeling of utter helplessness. Run out of gas there on that busy interstate section between Atlanta and Savannah. And my friend, you, you know what I'm talking about. But thankfully, there was a good Samaritan that helped me along the way. God was good, and I am thankful for that. But how do we handle those stressful, unexpected situations? How do we handle those moments when it brings real pressure, real trouble, real sticky moments in our lives? Sometimes we just don't have a lot of time to prepare for those unexpected. Mark chapter 4, on the same day in verse 35, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And they had left the multitudes. They took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, speaking of Jesus, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How do we handle those crises in our life? Because here was a crisis that totally caught them off guard, caught the, the disciples off guard. They were helpless. They found themselves in the middle of a storm. And they were fearful. They cried out. They awoke Jesus. Do you not care that we are perishing? And that's what they thought. They thought that this was the end of their lives. And I think a lot of times we find ourselves in those moments of great trouble. But how do we deal with it? Well, uh, let, me, let me suggest a few things here. Number one. Don't panic or don't be sold to this idea that you have no hope. And apparently that's what the disciples did. And that's why Jesus said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So number one, don't panic. Don't be over anxious because that can cause an overreaction. The second thing is, is don't give in to doubt. And I think this is essentially what happened to the disciples here. Because they said, do you not care that we are perishing? Somehow, some way, they had it in their mind that maybe God didn't care after all. Maybe Christ isn't who he said he is. Maybe Christ doesn't really know that we are in a life-changing situation. 
And maybe if he does know and doesn't do anything about it, maybe he doesn't care. You see where all this doubt is heading to? So don't give in to doubt because that just feeds that monster of terror and being afraid even more. So those are some negatives that we often do. Choices that we make in the middle of unexpected situations, things that happen to us that generate a real crisis or real pressure, real trouble in our lives. But what are some things that we need to have prepared? I think one of the things this story is that we need to stay focused on who Jesus is. Amen. Stay focused on the Son of God because He and He alone will bring you the calmness and power and stability and self-control that you need in these unexpected moments. Why are you so fearful? He said to them in verse 40. How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't forget the fact that Jesus is on our side. The greatest faith of all is trusting in God. Trusting Christ in the middle of the storm. When things appear to have, we have no control over anything. Those are the moments we need to have faith. And it can be the faith of a mustard seed. But it will be faith. So our thought-provoking question to consider is, who, who do you focus on in the middle of of trials in the middle of the storms of life. And that's our study for this broadcast. And now we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. My mother brought me a new robe every year when I worked in the temple. What is my name? My name is Samuel. First Samuel chapter 2, 18, 19. And Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. My mother brought me a new robe every year when I worked in the temple. What is my name? Samuel. And name that Bible character. Folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest moon ever, follower of Jesus Christ by submitting yourself to him in repentance and baptism, confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you'll find in him peace, joy, happiness, be blessed beyond measure more than you ever deserve, folks. My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. And I just want to say thank you for listening to this broadcast. And may God bless you. 
Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord has died for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord has risen for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.